Hello, and welcome to Literacy Matters. I'm your host, Cheryl Lundy-Swift. Today, I am super excited to talk with a dynamic duo, Tim Kusek and Vince Bustamante, who have authored a really awesome book entitled Leader Ready, Four Pathways to Prepare Aspiring School Leaders. Hey guys, why don't you hold those books up so people can see them? Awesome, great. Well, Tim has served as an educator for over 30 years, where he's worked as a principal and a superintendent in Edmonton schools, supporting over 100 schools. He's now working in higher education as the Dean of Education at Concordia University. While Vince formerly worked with Tim as a curriculum and assessment district leader prior to becoming an independent author and consultant who serves as a coach and content developer working with school leaders. Welcome to the show, Tim and Vince. Thanks very much, Cheryl. We're very excited to be here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great. It's so great to have you guys. So, you know, as as you know, I've served as, as a principal and I'm now of that age where a lot of my uh, principal friends uh, and colleagues and even some of my mentors are leaving the profession, whether it's retirement or going into something altogether different. So we know that school attrition is an issue, right? So I would love for you to please tell me why you thought writing this book was so important. Well, thanks, Cheryl. So in my role, when I was serving as, as deputy superintendent, I had the leadership development portfolio, as I said, for 100 schools. So 100 principals, over 150 assistant principals. And to your point, we were noticing a, a lot of retirements, uh, a lot of people retiring on time, where in the past, some people might stay longer. And so we had 75% of our assistant principals had fewer than three years of experience in the role. And so we felt we need to do something more uh, deliberate and intentional to better prepare our aspiring leaders, hopefully to become principals. And as part of my doctoral studies, I asked assistant principals what they felt would be helpful to develop them. And they told us. And having worked closely with Vince over many years, and uh, just a, a big fan of Vince's work in implementation and teacher preparation. It was a perfect uh, partnership to help our prepare our aspiring leaders. Yeah, and I think for me too, uh, the nice thing about writing a book with with Tim is is I've got been been able to witness firsthand kind of Tim's progression in leadership as well. So I start, you know, when I met Tim, he was the principal of the school I was teaching at. Uh, then he 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 moved on to an assistant principalship, then a deputy. Uh, sorry, assistant superintendentship, and then uh, deputy superintendent. And I kind of followed in his in his footsteps, uh, but it wasn't really my choice in the sense that uh, part of it was Tim recognized something in me that I didn't see in myself. And he tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Vince, you know, I really love what you're doing in the classroom. I think we could use some of these experiences at the district level. Do you want to be a leader? And I flat out was kind of like, I don't know if I want to be a leader. It's, you know, it, it's not something I've considered. I didn't, I didn't consider myself ready to be that leader. And, and it took, um, it took a gentle nudge from Tim to encourage me to apply for a, a role that I fell in love with the moment I started. It just, I didn't see that in myself. So I, I approached the, the, the writing of leader ready from that lens that, you know, the aspiring leader lens, like, I don't know where I'm going to end up as a leader yet, but I'm in the, in the, I'm on the pathway to that leadership role. 
Wow. And I love that you said pathway, which is what you guys call it. You don't call it. We love to say pipeline in education, right? But you guys are anti-pipeline and more pathway. And I love that you mentioned that you were in the footsteps. Tell me why not a pipeline and instead a pathway. Well, do you want me to think? I can start or do you yeah, want to? Go, go ahead, Vince, for sure. sure. So uh, we live where we live in, in Alberta. Pipelines are big, right? We we use pipelines for oil and pipelines for other commodities. And, and I just, Tim and I both agree, and I'll let Tim kind of add his two cents after, that leadership isn't a commodity. And a, a, a commodity pipeline is you put in water at one end and you're going to get water at the other end. Or you put in oil on one end, that mm. the other end of the pipeline is oil. And the development of our leaders shouldn't suffice to be one single track where you you put some leader in and you get the same frame of a leader afterwards. Whereas the idea of a pathway is there's multiple different avenues to get to leadership. And when when I think of um, if if you were to ask myself back in in when I was in university finishing my degree, what's the pathway to to leadership in education? It's well, it's teacher, then assistant principal, then principal then district office and then you that's you've you've climbed that ladder but then when you get into it there's so many other different ways to get to that that one role that you want so for me the pathway is is an idea that there are multiple different opportunities and journeys to get to leadership i love yeah, that the, the pathway is more organic and one of the things we want to understand are some of those traditional barriers you know institutional barriers to the mindset that you know you have to have X number of years before you can move to that next step. We recognize the importance of having depth and breadth of experience, but we also want to understand what gifts and talents do our teachers bring to our classrooms from outside of education that we can also um, put into to work in terms of leadership. Maybe they've served in the military, maybe they're part of a community organization, maybe they're coaching. And often uh, as, as systems leaders, we lose sight of that, that we have very talented people that bring leadership dispositions and attitudes and that, you know, the pipeline, yes, we need a supply of, of qualified and trained individuals, but the pathway suggests there's more organic and natural opportunities to, to build and to grow and to blossom and to aspire and that you can wend around a, a, a vista a ma mountain pathway and not quite see where you're going to end up. Like Vince said earlier, he wasn't quite sure, but yeah. then you have that more knowledgeable other, that leader, that guide, that mentor that taps you on the shoulder that you come with me and I'll point you in the right way and yeah. tell me how I can help you to grow. What do you need that I can best support you with? Wow. I think, I think that's a, Honestly, that's the best kind of leader is a leader who grows other leaders. So how do we create an environment to develop these aspiring leaders? So that's one of our uh, roots to leadership that we write about in Leader Ready. So we have four roots and, and the creating an environment for implementation is was, I would say, probably my largest contribution in the writing process. We already heard that a lot of this was focused on Tim's doctoral research. So we had a lot of that data already. But for me, um, in, in what I've realized with implementation in general is oftentimes we, we don't see through the implementation process. We, we stop for some reason. There's always reasons. We, we, we balance between greatest of intentions and never get to proper implementation. And part of the reason, I think, is because there's not structures in place whether they're organizational structures, school structures, structures in general. 
Um, and so for us, we, we, we wanted to recognize the environment as both a physical environment as well as, as a cultural environment. And so one of the main things that we talk about is the development of the skill, will, and thrill of leadership. So I, I've worked very closely. I've been very lucky to work very closely with Professor John Hattie and some of the work that he's him and I have done. And he talks about the skill, will, and thrill of the learner. Uh, we gently requested that we borrow that and put it to the skill, will, and thrill of leaders. So recognizing that leaders come with a capacity of skills, prior knowledges, experience that we can lean against, and then using their skills and developing the will and the thrill. So that le their leadership dispositions would be the will. So do they know what to do when they don't know what to do? Because sometimes you're gifted with an opportunity where you may be acting leader. And then your principal's away and your assistant principal's away. So you're the, the most senior teacher, veteran teacher in the building. Um, you're acting leader. Well, do I know what to do when I don't have anyone else to ask? And then lastly, the thrill, which are this, this idea of the motivations. So what, what are the motivating factors for our aspiring leaders? Is it um, just exclusively financial? Um, and maybe prior to the pandemic, finances were really significant more money for more for a for a greater role was more enticing than it is now and we're seeing that in in a lot of places where um we're increasing salaries for principals and assistant principals and yet no one is jumping into that pool yet right so the development of the skill will and thrill is one piece of of the environment that we want to talk about and then the the next part would would just be ensuring that there's a trusting environment between that's established by the principal this is a place where you know vince can come in and he can he can we're going to give him the ball and if he fumbles the ball it's fine we're here in a trusting supportive environment and you learn by making those mistakes whereas traditionally in in leadership development it, you're all it's almost stuffy right it's like i can't i'm i'm gifted an opportunity to be acting assistant principal for one day, I can't mess this up because I'm, they're never going to ask me again. So th th that's kind of the environment piece that we, we allude to. Hmm. I really love the idea of thinking about it from a physical and a uh, cultural perspective, because you're right. <laughs> we don't want to mess up and we do need to provide the, the grace and the space to be able to do that. That's how we learn, right? Uh, that's fantastic. Tim, did you want to add anything to to why we why we want to have and why we need to in, in develop an environment to develop uh, aspiring leaders? Well, we know what an important role that principals play in the development of a school culture. I mean, we often hear the expression "so goes the principal, so goes the school," <laughs> yes. and you know, the, the principal as a trust broker, uh, as a builder of of hope, uh, as a, an opportunity to kind of steady the ladder. And that's always been our perspective is as a leader, we, we steady the ladder to let our team climb. Like if we're standing at the top saying, hey, everybody, you should see the view from up here. Um, it doesn't quite work. So we need to build that together. And so when we talk about the environment for implementation, it's critical that the principal understands their role in bringing people along again, back to the pathway. Let me give you a tap on the shoulder. Let me uh, hold your hand. Let me walk with you. Let me okay. show you um, the things that are important to do. You know, and Vince talked about some of that trepidation of, well, I'll try this, but what if I mess up? And again, that environment has to be supportive and trust filled and open and honest and transparent. 
And that is the critical part of the principal to understand their role in understanding the five senses of your building, the look, the feel, the sounds, what are you hearing? What, how, what, how are your teachers talking? What are you observing during PD? Are they engaged? Are they disengaged? Um, what are you hearing from students and families? So that's a big part that the principal plays and how our aspiring leaders see the principal working in that milieu is important if they're gonna want to try to do it themselves. Absolutely so. I. I totally agree. So now once you get that environment straight, the physical and the cultural environment, how do we actually prepare aspiring leaders for school leadership? And that that really is uh, the, the crux of one of our pathways, which is preparing guided learning experiences. So we wanted to look at a model that basically understands, just like we want to meet our learners where they're at, we want to meet our aspiring leaders where they're at. And the best way is to ask them, to have the conversation. How do you feel about leadership? What do you wonder about leadership? Tell me why you're thinking that's not for you. Tell me why you absolutely can't wait to do that and understanding those attitudes and then having those conversations. So we talk a lot about that social persuasion, encouraging. So what do you think would be helpful then if you're not quite sure? What can we do? And so Vince and I talk a lot about building mastery experiences and moving along a pathway where we have like a level one experience where let's say we're talking about looking at literacy strategies in the classroom or looking at ways to engage teacher supervision because that's a big part of school leadership. And so what can you listen to? What can you watch? Who can you talk to? What kind of surface level understanding can you have? And then we get into that sweet spot of complexity and rigor and challenge of trying a skill and learning from it. So if you're going to make a mistake, that's okay. Because I'm as the more knowledgeable other, I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you some preferred ways to do it. You're going to try and try again. And we're going to work together through that gradual release of responsibility, ultimately getting the aspiring leader to a mastery level of understanding. We want every aspiring leader to have a basis of what they should know, understand, and be able to do, just like we do for our students. And so we use a very straightforward model that designs the skills, designs the outcomes of what we could be doing or should be doing in a variety of leadership standards. And so it's a very practical model. And the best part of this, Cheryl, our assistant principals told us what they felt would be helpful based on their lived and current reality and, and experience. And I think from a systems perspective, systems leadership perspective, asking your people what's important goes a long way versus let me tell you what I think you need. And so <laughs> that really helped to build that trust. They felt listened to, valued, and appreciated. Um, we had one aspiring leader say, you know, we kind of got this level of training and our principals get this level. One of the first things we did was level that playing field. So everybody had an opportunity to get that baseline of experiential learning in the various leadership skills that are important to become a principal. What I love about that model, Tim, is that the benefactors of that are our students. Um, yes. Because you have a more skilled, more capable um, staff. And what's also awesome is that you as a system can then provide whatever gap, whatever professional learning that's needed for any gaps that are there. You can see trends because everyone has a baseline of, of knowledge. I, I love that. 
So now when you think about, you know, developing leaders, right? How do your pathways lend themselves to developing leaders across an entire school system? I mean, you clearly have worked, you guys have worked in these larger school systems. So tell me how that works. So I think part of it is the simplicity of the model and also the the modifications of the model or the customizations of the model to meet the 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 needs of each aspiring leader. Now, the the first pathway that we talk about that we didn't address much here is rooting everything in standards, right? Rooting everything in your leadership standards. Or if you're working in a school district that's not so that doesn't have leadership standards. Um, we just curated a list of four general standards that you can follow along with here. But essentially, the district sets the the district level leadership will set kind of the the overarching goal based on standards. So, for example, if your district is currently um, undertaking an, a literacy initiative, right, as a district, and we're just going to kind of blow that out there. Well, part of part of the aspiring principal role is to become that instructional leader for that initiative. So we need to make that a focal point of those guided leadership experiences. So Tim, Tim addressed the level one, level two, level three, which is essentially modeled right after the gradual release of responsibility. Level one, you dip your toe in, maybe I'm going to attend the literacy um, professional development session alongside of my staff as an aspiring leader, as a level one, that's it. I'm just going to experience it. Level two might be with my principal's support, I'm going to lead part of the professional learning workshop for my staff at my district, at, at my school site. Still, Tim's there. He's the safety net for me. And then level three is as the aspiring leader, I am now going to operationalize and run the professional learning workshop for my staff in my school. So it's a gradual release of responsibility that's all rooted and focused in the whatever goal you're trying to achieve. And in, in, in the case of the initiative, it could be rooted in that. If you're not, I have not met a school district yet that doesn't have a bunch of initiatives they're currently undertaking. But if you are listening to this and you don't have initiatives that you're currently undertaking, we have root them in your standards, right? Because as an aspiring leader, I don't know what I don't know. So I can't develop what I don't know. So we root them in that common framework and language, which are those standards. And then from there, we determine where we need to grow um, as an aspiring leader, right? I, and I know... There are certain portfolios in certain schools where the assistant principal A is the disciplinarian, assistant principal B is the scheduler, assistant principal C is the one who is liaises with all the professional learning. And that's that may work. But my concern is what happens if assistant principal A now graduates to become a principal somewhere else and we need to fill that position? And in-house, we don't have any experience. We need to share those experiences. Um to make sure that everyone has that baseline foundational um, understanding of what's needed to, to become a principal. Yeah, and Cheryl, that's really important. So you talk about across a school jurisdiction or a school division, that was part of the planning in our writing is how do we look at more consistency across schools, let alone within a school. And so when we think of our standards, when we think of the environment for implementation, when we think of a model of graduated steps that builds the skills and competencies and fluencies that every leader must espouse and understand and know and be able to do, then we move to that mastery level of they could, they're able to do it for not for one minute do we think that you know once you've done that you're ready and you're going to sit and you're going to be a great principal 
a lot of the learning of being a principal happens once you're sitting in the chair and you are the principal and there's a lot of on the job. But in preparing that better baseline of skill set across all schools, all levels, we feel more assistant principals, more aspiring leaders will want to become principals in a time when we really need them to want to become principals. Yeah, I think you guys have done a really excellent job at making it easy. Just the language that you were using. If I were a teacher, I'd go, you know what? I know how to do that because I do that with my students. I think that's really clear, and especially at a time where we are really trying to make sure that our students are more proficiently, uh, more proficient readers. It's really important to apply that very basic thing that you mentioned, Vince, to literacy. So I I love that. It's been a pleasure talking to you all today. Um, and thank you for what you're doing. And please, I can't wait to read read your, your book. And I know our audience is going to get a lot out of the book as well. And we hope that it will lead to a lot of new leaders aspiring to become principals. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks, Cheryl. <laughs>